Hi there, I'm Emma Kiesling. And I'm Sydney Allen. And this is the Uncovering Publishing Podcast. You may notice we are no longer going by Uncovering Publishing, the UCL publishing podcast, and that is because we are no longer students at UCL. No, we're not. We officially turned in our dissertations on Monday, and we're recording this on, uh, what, Tuesday? Tuesday. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's pretty fresh. But yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit today about how that year has gone, where we are now, um, and how the transition's going. As well, for the podcast season two, uh, we're switching it up a bit, and it's going to be a lot more focused on getting careers in the industry, uh, as a lot of our friends from the UCL master's program have gone on and are already working uh, at the top publishing companies and publishing adjacent companies. So much is going on, so we're going to start talking to them about how they got their job, the interview processes, yeah, and what it's like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we haven't done a podcast, just the two of us, since our very first podcast when we sort of just had the laptop open and we were like, why don't we give this a try? Um, I'm going to talk later about how great this platform has sort of been and mm-hmm. how I think it's helped both of us a whole lot to just like get out of our comfort zones learn a lot, talk to a lot of different people, but something else that we're going to do for this episode is go back to all of the standard um, icebreaker questions that we've given all of our guests in the past um, and that we did in our first episode, and we're going to try to answer them again without repeating any of the stuff that we had in our first episode. So if you want what our like true knee-jerk reaction, what we really think, um, go back to that first um, short little episode of Uncovering Publishing. You can get that, but we're gonna try to bring some fresh ideas uh, to this one. And then we'll go into sort of, you know, where we are now, how we got our jobs and um, how everyone else is doing. Yes, exactly. So I'm actually just prepping for some of these questions now because <laughs> Uh, the questions that we had that first go around, we are not allowed to answer with the same choice. Yeah. So, which is tough because my favorite book remains my favorite book, but I will switch it up. You could say what it <laughs> is again. You just need to like do something new as well. Okay, so why don't you answer the first one uh, to get started? The first question that we ask everybody is, "What is your favorite book to give as a gift?" Um, so I'm going to go a bit broad with this and say right now, uh, this has been given as a gift kind of in our circle quite a bit, but cookbooks, particularly cookbooks of what they're feeling lately or maybe doing it as like an experience gift. You get a cookbook, you know, with, well, I'll use the one I see on our shelf as an example. Uh, one of our friends got my roommate the Dishoom cookbook because she loves Dishoom and then put it all together with fun trinkets. So almost book box-esque. We should give context because not all the listeners are from our living oh, in London. <laughs> Dishoom is a, a really popular Indian restaurant here in London. Yeah, and I think it's really fun to personalize and cookbooks are just so beautiful and they're almost always hardback, so. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie, I didn't really think about this one very deeply and also do not remember what I said for my first one. I have had a couple of people asking me about like romanticy and I'm really into fantasy as well and like wanting to get into it. And also I think a lot of the things that I tend to give or recommend are not group thing from TikTok, but but it's there in the back of my mind. So 
I'm gonna go for an oldie but like a really big goodie that just has so much content so if you read this book you will have a whole community online there's fan art there's everything but it's also a nice quick read it's not one of the like giant complicated tomes that I'm also known for reading uh six of crows the six of crows duology okay Zuna <laughs> she's chasing a fly I think the six of crows duology is like still one of the best like fantasy duologies I've ever read it holds wow. up it okay. really holds up that's honestly more for people who maybe don't read a whole lot I want to get into it but okay uh Sydney one book you'd like to see on the screen I'm sure I said Akatar last time um let's see should we let this fly out so that she stops chasing it <laughs> perhaps um one book I'd like to see on the screen is a book I haven't read um it was a bit dense for me a bit too character driven rather than plot driven but it sounds so interesting and I'd love to consume it not as a book. You'll have to tell me if it's actually a good idea, but Olivia Blake, The Atlas Six, would that make a good movie? Kind of like a... I think that would make an excellent limited series. Oh, a limited series. Oh, okay. Yeah, because there's like, you know, there's, there's six of them. You could do it in so many different ways. You could do like a different long episode that focuses on each, on each. one. Okay. There's like different phases of it don't get me started on my Olive Blake <laughs> man one book I'd like to see on the screen this is also just from stuff I've seen recently but I think they're making a Frankenstein oh I don't I don't quote me on that but like a really well done like thoughtfully done modern not modern but like with today's technology um Frankenstein would be so great I had a friend who who recently went back into reading Frankenstein and Dracula and I just think a Frankenstein movie would go crazy do I need to that personally catch this yeah, fly alright um favorite oh okay I'm really actually excited to ask you this one favorite media at the moment that's not a book and not a podcast because that is what you said the first time yeah I wonder if I said basketball before I probably did the FIBA World Cup is happening right now and it's deeply entertaining oh honestly the only other thing that I'm consuming right now is I'm very slowly working my way through the new Witcher season which is the last one before um, Liam Hemsworth takes over no before it ends oh. in my brain <laughs> what do you mean that's not going to be canon so until I have to leave that universe behind very nice so I'm having a great I've tried to like stretch it out a little bit oh that's fun Um, I do that too with shows if I, if I really enjoy them <laughs> I think my favorite media at the moment that's not a book is going to be, I'm for the first time ever watching Sex and the City. Yes. Um, and it has been so fun. That's crazy that you never... I know. We've just, we've been talking about how I did not realize how progressive it was for women in the 90s. Just you know, in time. some regards. So it was, it's just been really entertaining. Especially living in London and... Yeah, like being a... in the city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As like a, you know, 20-something, working, whatever. We are Sam's. And Emma also yeah. has a little bit of... Miranda. Miranda. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, so this is what I've been looking at my phone for. Oh, gosh. Um, I haven't even thought about this one. This one, I'm, I was excited. So what comp would you immediately make you bid on a new book? And I've actually... I knew the one that I was going to say, but then I was like, what is going to give it the potency that I want to take it to that next level? Can I guess? 
Oh, yes. Okay, go for it. Is it Fourth Wing? Yes, that's the original <laughs> one. Okay. I promise we didn't talk about oh, this that's before. that's so funny. I just liked the way she introduced it. I was like, oh, I bet it's Fourth Wing. Yeah, Fourth Wing, you know, eh. But had the power to, <laughs> sorry, had the power to be so good. It was missing the true enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. So I've been furiously scrolling, trying to remind myself, like, what is an enemies to lovers where they really hated each other mm-hmm. and I came up with one um vicious by LJ Shin um mm-hmm. so that's got some real enemy to lover vibes and if you combined that with fourth wing made it a true enemies to lover I would be all over that I feel like I should know so many other enemies to lovers I know maybe, I really should maybe but... smoke daughter of smoke and bone because they because oh. that's got the thing where like they're genuinely on two different sides of a war and like yeah really believe in their side and so it like kind of sucks that they like each other because they have to kill each other um have you read den of thieves no i think you'd like it because it's got kind of similar vibes to to that i guess the cruel prince maybe the bridge kingdom the bridge kingdom i need to read that is an excellent enemies to lovers so is kingdom of the wicked that's true enemies to lovers Uh, yeah i picked a random one but it's kind of a self-published vibe for the romance girlies no not these hollow vows no 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 sorry i'm specifically looking at fantasy because i'm like surely i've read right no i was like why is one not popping to my head immediately oh ember in the oh my god yeah i haven't read it oh you've got to start adding these to my one for my enemy i mean yeah, it counts. It counts. They do try to kill each other. Oh, wait. <laughs> I could just say any Hermione. <laughs> Stop. That's actually, I'd, Stop I'd lose it. Stop oh. it. Okay. Um, If I were to recommend other enemies to lovers where if I were given this as a comp, I would be like, okay, you know what? Maybe it really is enemies to lovers. Daughter of Smoke and Bone. They're on opposite sides of like a war an ember in the ashes again they are on completely opposite sides um and kingdom of the wicked where she's raised to basically like hate him and think he's the worst those would be my three maybe from blood and ash too but that's yeah because there's a little bit of lying and Yeah. yeah yeah no i also think we need a great like this is how you lose have you read this is how you lose the time war no okay let me i'm gonna go on a little tangent i don't i might have done this on a past episode actually um but it's like it's a queer enemies to lovers uh sci-fi where they're on different sides of a war and can't be found out by their respective sides that they are in love with each other and i just think that that vibe but in a romanticy context Oh my gosh. She's so good. I do think you've said something like this before. But I think I can't I've talked remember. about it before because okay. it blew up on Twitter uh, a couple months ago. Let's move into our main questions. We've sort of been dithering, <laughs> talking about books. So, the first main question for our update, our first episode, is where are we now um, after one year of being in the UCL publishing program and how did we get here? 
Yeah, so I'm working as a publishing account manager at Glassbox, which for those of you who don't know, is a direct sales solution for publishers to sell their books directly to the consumer uh, through their website. So we help with digital and print fulfillment. Um, so it's been really cool. It's a lot more technology-based than I had ever expected to get into, um, which has been really exciting. And then it's also got quite a bit of sales. So it's it's really feels like a great fit, and I love the company. Um, so it's been a really fun journey so far. Yeah, and then I feel like the even more fun part about like where you are now and what you're doing is how you got into this job you have a great story about sort of how you just (laughs) (laughs) it is funny i've spoken uh, into existence basically forced them to give me a job yeah no it's it's actually kind of a funny story i forced my way into the job i would say um which i would definitely recommend especially if you're gunning for a job in sales but it happened at future book which is funny enough where emma and i got the idea to start this podcast so i really can't recommend volunteering at these conferences enough but I ended up kind of socializing after the event at Future Book and just talking to a bunch of the different people there Um, one of the gentlemen that I was speaking with ended up being the head of sales and marketing at Glassbox uh, and I told him that you know I was hoping to work in sales Uh, and we just joked around a bit talked and then you know i may have phrased it something along the lines of oh I think I'm the perfect fit and it sounds like your company really needs me um as a joke you know and he kind of laughed and gave me his business card and it could have ended there but again would always recommend following up with everybody that you meet so then I just started bothering Dan with uh incessant emails you know probably one every couple weeks just to check in see how things are going and see if he could you know, meet with me to discuss the potential of a job. And then when I finally showed up for coffee, that was it. I had the job. Yeah. Uh, I, of course, sent my resume with all of my experience as well. Um, But it was funny because down the line, I ended up talking to the head of the company. So they all kind of joked that there was this American girl that just wouldn't stop emailing them about this job. Uh, And at some point, he had told Dan... You know, okay, if she sends one more email, just give her the job. So. Which I think the thing I love about that story is not only that you had the conversation, you were like, I think I'm perfect for mm-hmm. this company. And obviously, like, you you had the skills and experience and you knew enough to be able to back that up. You weren't just sort of, you knew, you True. weren't just saying it. But um, but you also, like you said, followed up and and stayed confident about the fact that you were the perfect person because the, the other thing you didn't say was that you basically created this world like they didn't they oh, weren't yeah. looking for an account manager you were like hi you need an account manager <laughs> yes to be fair looking back there was no job posting and they didn't plan on yeah on posting for this position uh yeah. so it really it ended up working out brilliantly and the other thing i love about it is you have like really significant experience in sales. And so for the duration of the masters, you were learning about the publishing industry in particular. So you sort of understood the mechanics of that, but you had so much experience in like making sales and how sales worked and account management. So it was, it, it sounds like it was essentially just being confident that that 
that some of those skills could transfer. Yes. No, it definitely... Which it, it seems really, like they have transferred, you know. It, it, no, I, I, again, I have to express, you know, I in theory, yes, I was qualified for this job without the publishing master's program, but I would not have been able to move as easily into the role right. without the knowledge that we learned in the master's program. I remember my first day, and it was the week that we had um, the class on med- metadata, Oh, with wow. production. Oh, nice. We had just had that the week earlier, which thank God, because then I walked in and they're like, oh, you know what an Onyx feed is, right? Three days ago, I had yeah. not. <laughs> but at that point, I had sat through this, you know, three-hour lecture on everything about Onyx, how it works, you know, transferring files, how it, you know, how it helps with fulfillment and ebooks and print books and everything. So yeah. I was weirdly probably the most confident about Onyx that I was ever going to be at that that point in time. (laughs) So it worked out really well. And then also just uh, the people that you meet in publishing, it's so funny because now um, when I did start to work for Glassbox, I'll end up having a meeting. uh, I think I can say this now. Yes, I can. They've gone live. (laughs) Uh, Unbound ended up being, well, they, they Unbound just went live with Glassbox uh, and Unbound was founded by our business management professor, yeah. Dan Kieran, who was also one of the first guests on the podcast. Totally. So it was hilarious to then, you know, be able to say, oh my gosh, you know, hey, I know Dan. Yeah. And yeah, very fun. So again, the master's program helped a lot in that sense as well, because I kind of knew the publishing community, which is helpful in yeah. sales. Oh, 100%. So, yeah. And you're, you're the kind of networking person where once you've got that foothold, and I feel like for you it was a really strong foothold, <laughs> it was sort of off to the races. Well, on that, kind of with the stronghold and networking and everything, do you want to talk about what your position is and how you got it? Yeah, I think this is going to be an interesting contrast between how, how we came into this program because Sydney came into it with so much past sales experience And what I had done before this program was really not relevant to what I wanted to do, right? So I was doing like a complete sort of new thing. And also younger, I have less experience in general. Uh, So I was coming at it in a kind of different way, which is not to say that the networking didn't help me a lot because Mm -hmm. the first job in publishing that I got was actually with the bookseller, which was sort of through... Polly, who's been on this podcast, and through Cine, who did like, what did you do? Like some sort of temporary. Yeah, I just went in there for a couple like, days for like to a help. Day or two. Yeah, and they were looking for someone basically who was really good on the phone to make calls and stuff about subscribers and watching all of that. And I was like, yes, great, because I wanted to be in the building, meet everybody, talk to everybody, see everything figured out how to get <laughs> into the nivvies <laughs> through that <laughs> yes. which was like my my huge accomplishment I was so excited to go to that but the bookseller was cool because it was sort of not quite directly publishing but obviously they report um, on everything so everyone at that office was either super involved in publishing stuff or they were mm-hmm. with the stage which is into um, uh, like West End stuff and shows in London so I started with that and then once the summer came and we were working on dissertations and we had more time, I just started applying to assistant positions to sort of like starting level roles. I would say also by that time, I had been drawn more and more towards audio. 
<laughs> I should to, <laughs> to the point where if an audio position popped up on the bookseller or you know on any job site anywhere pretty much everybody in the program would text it to Emma and be like OMG perfect for you yeah <laughs> no it was it was such unintentional branding because I would have pretty much everyone I knew in publishing at some point would like send me a link and it's like hey Emma I saw an audio thing <laughs> um which was great which is how I eventually found the listing for the Bonnier job that I have now. So now I'm the audio assistant um, at Bonnier Books. It's an amazing team. There's six, so it's small enough that I get to see the whole process and like be there for all of the decision making mm -hmm. and like really see how everything works. And I really like it. So yeah, I don't remember who actually sent me the Bonnier job, but I actually applied through it traditionally. I sent in like my cover letter and my CV I did a video interview. I was actually in Korea at the time of my first video interview, which was so funny because it was, I want to say, 11 p.m. Oh when my I gosh. was sitting there and I was doing my interview. Was it always going to be a video interview? Like, is that kind yeah. of the first round that you do the video and then yeah, after that? Yeah, I think that, so. Okay. Oh, interesting. Um, because then the second round was just two, I believe. Wow. And so then I came in and met everybody. They had me do a little like test to make sure that I sort of knew what I was talking about as far as audio comes. And some of the things that they said that that had me stand out was my experience at the bookseller, right? Because I think it spoke also to me having office experience period in general, which I must say is a huge thing for publishing if you have any kind of office experience. It's going to be Agreed. Extremely helpful. I also think the bookseller shows, well, publishing is such a competitive industry. So many people want to switch careers and join publishing. Working at a place like the bookseller shows your interest as well. I mean, oh, as yeah. does the master's program, but that shows, you know, yeah. this is, I'm in this world. Mm -hmm. I'm up to date on everything that's going on in publishing, which is so important as well. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, so I think that was a, a big plus for them. But the other big plus for them was the podcast, right? I had, I, I do all of the audio production for this. Um, I had experience like, and I'm very opinionated about podcasts yes. and audiobooks and stuff. So this I have true. a lot of thoughts when it comes to audio <laughs> and other things, but, but audio in particular. Um, so yeah, I think those were the, those were the things that, that got me to the audio team. I feel like my role is a bit more straightforward. I don't know if I need to really explain. Bonnier yeah, books. I think that's good. Yeah. But what about, um, I think it would be interesting to know, were there any kind of questions that they asked in the interview that stuck out to you or any tips you would have to prepare for the interview? Well, we've done a lot of interviews in the past on this podcast about sort of, you know, what would you recommend to people mm -hmm. looking or applying and I just did all of those things. Like I totally read up and like stalked all of the Bonnier stuff, all the audio stuff they were mm -hmm. coming out with. Um, so I knew everything about them going into it, which I don't know if not as many people do that. I feel like that is what you should do when you're um, looking to a company that you want to hire yeah. you. It's like, I think in our next episode, I think Lily mentions that um, she yeah, listens she does. to her interviewers podcast yeah and they were shocked so yeah. it's huge and then the other thing they asked me was who my favorite narrators were 
which was very that's so niche specific yeah um that's so niche i don't know Stephen Fry, I'd be sweating. (laughs) But like, but that's, it's, it's sort of a way for them to tell, oh, you're actually invested in audio and you Mm -hmm. genuinely love audio as opposed to, you know, it sort of seems like they're trying to make sure that they weren't getting people who just wanted to be in publishing in general. And then we're applying to all of the assistant jobs because I had answers. I was like, Simon Vance is my favorite narrator. (laughs) I'm really enjoying, uh, you know, Kate Redding. um, And I forget the the male narrator, but like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, that would, uh, that should be their opening question. Yeah. Because that would stump. Oh my God. I think (laughs) I'd, oh, I'd just start sweating if somebody asked me that in an interview. (laughs) All right. Our next question that we're going to go over to catch you all up to where we are and how the past year has been with the UCL publishing program is to see what some of your highlights were for the year. You're not just a UCL publishing master's Mm -hmm. student or just an account manager at Glassbox. You are also a person. You've now been in London for a year. We're both Americans. What would you say were some of your biggest highlights for the year? I loved going to the nitties. Yeah. I had so much fun. Um, and we had been gunning for that since we had Polly on our podcast and she told us they were dancing. The way our ears perked up and we were immediately Googling what the ticket costs were going to be, wondering how we were going to get our foot in the door. We were even seeing if we could go as like as the podcast. Yeah. Um, and then magically we both <laughs> ended up being to go to, or ended up getting to go to the Nibbies for, for free. I kind of hustled for that to be fair. Yeah. Like I was really... <laughs> No, it's I had just an absolute ball, maybe too much of a ball, who knows, but it was really lovely and it was that's a really fun event. So that was that was one of my highlights. What's one of yours? Well, what I'll also say about the Nibbies is I think it's also really important for publishing in general to have these mm. awards. There's been a lot of conversation around awards. There's been some awards that have shut down in the past few yeah. years. Um there was like recently a mini scandal about you know blurbs on the back of books and one of the comments that uh i read was on bookseller was that you know review culture is not as strong as it used to be and awards are not as big of a selling factor right so then blurbs become the only thing not the only thing but much more major on books this is a digression (laughs) but i i do think that there is a huge place for awards in recognizing excellent books and literature making sure that people are still getting together in addition to you know, the celebrating the book what the nibbies also does is celebrates the teams that, that yeah. get them there and i think that's huge because sometimes it can be you know you're just you're putting in so many hours you're working so hard it's such a passion project um so it's really important to recognize no a hundred percent and it really does take a village a lot of times mm-hmm. with books you're like you associate it with the author as you should uh, yes absolutely. as you 100% should but it's so nice to see the people who work really hard to make certain books do really well or whatever get recognition yep absolutely okay any other highlights oh sorry I forgot we were talking about highlights <laughs> yeah um okay highlights I've got another one okay turning in our dissertations Oh There's <laughs> such a sense of relief, <laughs> genuinely, because then I realized I was like, now all I have to do is go to work. I don't have to finish work. 
mm-hmm. and then either work on the dissertation or feel guilty for not working on the dissertation. So I'm kind of sad no. to, to uh, be done. This is yeah. a fundamental difference between Sydney and I, though, is that, like, <laughs> I love all of the academic stuff and... You know, I'll just kind of wallow in it and I'll really love it. And again, I don't want to do that for a living. So I'm glad I'm where I am now. That's actually a great other thing that Emma and I had the opportunity to do. Yeah. We could talk about. Um, But we were invited as speakers for a roundtable for one of our professors book launch with Columbia University Press. And our podcast is kind of what got us there, I'd say. So again, can't express enough. Yeah. Also, I personally, at least in the beginning research phases, enjoyed the dissertation. I liked doing the research because I will say in publishing, there is very little research that has been done, especially with audio. But that's a soapbox Mm -hmm. for another time. (laughs) I I actually I will say when I look back at the dissertation, mine was very much a passion project as well. Yeah. Um. And so that was, it was very fun to look into, and I do feel like I learned so much. Yeah. Um, so hopefully I can take that dissertation and, and do something else with it, but um, still. <laughs> it is nice to be done. Student I'm, no more. I'm not going to lie. It is nice to be done. Okay. Um, shall we do a quick best advice so far? I feel like we're going to yeah. be repeating ourselves a little bit. Yeah, okay. Um, started. So gosh, best advice... I guess kind of a summary of what we said here, but, you know, network, follow up, go to events, volunteer, so on and so forth. But also a big one, um, and you'll kind of see this as we meet with a lot of our guests uh, for this season, but I've definitely noticed I even applied to a bunch of jobs that weren't in sales, but just publishing in general and didn't get even emails back most of the time. You know, we've all applied to so many different positions and we have done the thing you mentioned where, you know, I'm applying as an editorial assistant when I didn't right. want to be an editorial. Sorry. And, um, <laughs> and you know, we all do it. I've noticed, though, with our friends that have started to get jobs, almost all of us have ended up somewhere where there's always been a significant passion. Yeah. So they can tell. They can 100% tell. And if you aren't sure what your thing is, right? Mm-hmm really explore all the different things um I would say informational interviews can be really fun because you can talk to people who are maybe a couple of steps above where you would be starting out but they love to like talk to you about what they do and and stuff Mm -hmm. like that they were people in publishing are so approachable they really are and happy to grab a cup of coffee and talk about it so that's I can't even tell you how many coffee dates I had just with no you know ulterior motives other than to learn yeah um, so they're happy happy to meet. So yeah, that would be great advice as well. But your passion shines through, and it's ultimately, you're going to be spending so much time doing it, you're going to want to be passionate about it. 100%. So that would be my bit of advice. How about you? I like that. It's almost also like specializing, like be like, okay, I mm-hmm. want to, I'm interested in this thing. I think the best advice, and I don't, I don't know who we would have gotten this from mm-hmm. or when, was just to to work or to take work in anything. It, it gives oh. it's sort of Dan Kearney, but like I took the bookseller thing because I was like, 
this is as close as I as I yep. could get at the moment. I'm just gonna do it, and it really ended up working out. That actually reminds me, my other bit of advice: when she get the job, dive in. Like, don't be scared that you're gonna make all these mistakes. You have yeah. to just go in and get your hands dirty. And if you make a mistake okay everybody does but if you kind of sit back because you're nervous or you don't know this program or you think you're gonna mess something up that's not what you want to do like go in there mess some stuff up if if it happens it happens but you need to just dive in there's a learning curve with every job exactly with every industry whatever Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you just have to go in make it your own and and try to get get shit done yeah okay yeah that is the end of our quick update first episode shall we do a little preview of what we're looking to do for this year for this season yes let's um why don't why don't you start out explaining it because i I have like sort of things i want to add my problem is so okay i take it back (laughs) i'll explain so we want to go to other people who are at the entry level friends Mm -hmm. Um, colleagues, other people that we meet who are like maybe assistant level or just started working in publishing and see what their journeys have been like, see what they have to say. Maybe it's similar to us, maybe it's not. Although I will say like I have so many ideas about great guests that I want to have on. So Mm -hmm. it's still going to have an element of, you know, if we we get somebody really interesting and awesome, we are totally going to bring them on. Also, as just something else, which I guess is something upcoming, not necessarily to do with the podcast, but with entry level and getting into the industry, Emma and I will be doing a lot more events and speaking. Yeah. Um, we're going to be um, at a career speed dating event for the Society of Young Publishers at the Digital and Audio Table on September 27th. You can find more information on that at the Society of Young Publishers website. Um, additionally, we don't have a date for this yet, but uh, Emma will also be on our podcasting panel (laughs) for again the SYP we're doing a panel at City University College London City it's City London and they've got the MA publishing program too um with some other podcasters so I love getting signed up for things (laughs) (laughs) I just keep signing her up yeah okay well thanks for listening and see you next time Bye. bye